On today's episode, we're talking once-in-a-lifetime experiences and the attributes you can apply to make any game day memorable for your fans. From Engagement, this is Flip the Switch. Katie was cracking. It's Super Bowl week, baby. Let's go. It is Super Bowl week. You've got your hometown team versus the actual hometown team. Are we calling Cincinnati my hometown team? I mean, it's more like the Saints are my hometown team. But I live here now, so I guess you live here now, so that's why we're calling it your hometown team. All right, fair enough. So yeah, on that note, yeah. I mean, the, I'm, I'm assuming you're rooting for the Bengals. Oh no doubt, no doubt. I'll be wearing okay. some. I'll be I'll be wearing some Cincinnati gear. I mean, it is it has been really cool, and I think it it is really cool. Like whenever one of these like smaller Midwest cities, like a Detroit or Minneapolis, and, and not that those are like smaller, but compared to LA, they are. Right. Um, whenever one of these teams get in, it just takes over the, the mania, just takes over the city, and it's it's really cool to be a part of, especially because the Bengals have been so bad for so long. Um, so it's Super, Super Bowl will be a really cool experience, a once in a lifetime experience for a lot of the Cincinnati Bengal fans that are going there, and that's what we're talking about today. I can imagine. I'm excited to jump into this. All right. Um, so let's start us off. Uh, you had the idea. You're like, hey, let's talk about once in a lifetime experiences at sporting events and kind of highlight some different aspects of things to hopefully trigger some ideas for people. Uh, obviously, you and I have been to a bunch of different venues across the country, a bunch of different experiences. So um, let's kick it over to you. I mean, where, where do you want to where do you want to start us? When we think about major events, I always go to my one time, once in a lifetime experience of going to the 2019 World Series. I grew up a diehard Yankee fan, but I kind of adopted the Nationals living in Virginia, followed Ryan Zimmerman and Sean Doolittle, who played at the University of Virginia. So I had an opportunity to go, came across a ticket, went to game four. Um, and the experience of being there, that team had been 19 and 34 at one point, thought they were almost mathematically eliminated before the All-Star break, turned it around, made the postseason. And so the whole attitude and atmosphere was we're just happy to be here. We're lucky to be here. We're going to soak in every aspect of this experience that we can. And that just radiated from the fans to and all the staff that were working that game. I got there early, took a lap around the stadium just to kind of take it all in. And the number of times that I heard people that were trying to get closer to the field and take a photo and the ushers are saying, oh, can I take that photo for you? They were policing their sections. No, you can't come in here because you, have a t- you don't have a ticket. It was, how can I help capture this moment for you and make sure mom and dad and the whole family actually get to be in this photo? And it just continued from there. When you went to the concession stands, as the person greeted you, it was, welcome to the World Series. What can I get you today? And that really just kind of changed my entire thought process on the in-game experience. I was working in fan experience at the time, but there's so much more to it than a promotion that you do on the field to entertain the fans. It's the holistic atmosphere that you could have around an experience. Yeah, I mean, so many good points that you brought up. I mean, I love, obviously, I love the points about the ushers taking the pictures and really treating it like that once-in-a-lifetime experience. I mean, that's something that you and I do when we're working with different college athletic departments or pro teams on customer service training. Sometimes when a fan is coming to the game, that is a once-in-a-lifetime experience for them. If it's a regular season game, that might be the only time they ever come to the venue. And they're looking for that. And so how do you train your people to have that kind of approach where they're walking up and proactively offering to take that picture for the fan and they're treating it like it could be a once in a lifetime experience. Um, so that was like, I mean, that my brain obviously gravitated towards there from the right. that you said. Um, 
But I mean, they, they did some, I feel like they did some other things really well that I've heard you talk about this with, with me, like even from like printed commemorative tickets, like there was some like process and like amenative amenity things that they did that were really cool to commemorate this once in a lifetime experience, right? Yes. Major League Baseball had been one of the early adapters to digital tickets um, and the mobile tickets. And so you could still go to the box office and have your exact seat location. I think it was a couple dollar contribution that went to a charity, um, but you could have your exact seat location printed on a ticket. And so for those fans who love that collectible, they love the tangible item of having the ticket as their souvenir from the game. Thought that was really great to be able to have that to take away and have that memento from the game. And it was just everything around it. I mean, as you were coming up from the Metro, the Metro sponsored signs that they were giving out to all the fans and to have during the game. So it was um, continue the continue the fight on one side. They had do on the back, which was the, you know, the cheer for Sean Doolittle. So obviously that resonated with me since he was one of the guys I was following. But just the whole atmosphere around it was what little tiny things can we have as a memento from this to, for fans to take away? Uh, a tangible memory, we would call it at Disney. Uh, yes. Also, also known as a souvenir that you pay out the butt for. <laughs> uh well what are what are um i mean i guess should i go into start sharing mine i mean what should what do you, what do you, what do you want to take this absolutely share some Let's of yours that. all right all right so some of my like once in a lifetime experiences um for me i mean i think if you've got an opportunity to ever go to a stadium or an arena opening they're always just so special uh the atmosphere in there it, it's it's a really interesting it's a really interesting dynamic. So like for me, Orlando City home open, which is the first MLS team in Orlando, second pro team outside of the Magic there. There was so much buzz. They filled the stadium and uh, it, it was just, it was incredible. Now, whenever you go to a new venue, it is, so to my point, it's like really interesting because people, fans are really hyped, but like two of the bathrooms aren't working, right? Like right. the TV, TVs are down because like you, you haven't, finish fully setting it up a lot of times um and and you're always half open but fans are willing to forgive you and so like there's like this cool grace period where fans know that things aren't going to be right and like that's okay um and obviously that doesn't last throughout the course of the season and fan, that shiny penny wears off and and fans are will be quick to raise their level of expectation but during that home opener the buzz was just so cool and, and we were working that i was working that event the first half like i mean we were troubleshooting guest service problems uh, we had trained we had trained all their staff and like built a bunch of processes for around customer service behind the scenes for that game right. so we were troubleshooting troubleshooting but i was also a season ticket holder so like once halftime hit i was like all right guys and i said to my team i was like all right y'all got y'all got this going forward like i gotta go jump into my seats i want to go experience this i've been a season ticket holder since before they were in the new venue um and, and it was just such a yeah, such a cool experience so that, that definitely for me was uh one of my like once in a lifetime experiences. I don't know if you feel this way, given the number of events you what you've gone to, but can you even just sit back and enjoy a game anymore? Or are you always paying attention to everything that's going on? I mean, yeah, you're, we're, we're all, I think any of us that work in this industry, like all of us are constantly like looking at, oh, well, let me go explore the concourse and see what sponsor activations are there. Like, let me see what type of like mapping they've got for like, can I tell where the gluten-free area is? Like, I mean, all of us, I, I mean, I, at least I'm that way. Um, I'm like notorious for taking pictures in the bathroom because I want to see how cleanly it is. And like fans look at me weird. Um, but anyway, I can imagine not... <laughs> that would be a weird one. <laughs> Maybe that's when I should put my phone away. But uh, yeah, so 
to to that point, I mean, that's why that Orlando City home open was so special. Um, there there have been a couple other times where I've like been able to really be a fan recently, um, like going to a Notre Dame game, uh, going back as an alum after they've done that campus crossroads whole renovation. I mean, what they've what they've done from a marrying modern enhancements and capturing and and paying homage to the traditions in that venue is incredible. I mean, for forever, we like our fans had so much pushback that like, oh, we, we can't have a stadium or we can't have a stadium jumbotron because that wouldn't be traditional. And it's like, guys, I missed the touchdown because I went to the bathroom and I can't see it because we can't have, we don't have Wi-Fi. That's garbage. Like screw tradition. Right. I want to see the I want to see the touchdown. Um, so there's been a lot we'll of only hold on to that tradition for so long. For sure. When the tradition starts to get in the way of fans actually enjoying the game, like that's when it's time to go, right? Like, right. oh, if some, I don't think ever, nobody ever says, oh, it's tradition to have the troughs in the men's bathroom. Nobody yeah. ever says, nobody ever says that, right? So, and that's a good reason because it's a bad customer experience. Um, but I think if you're ever, if you're a traditional program, like going to look, I mean, Notre Dame is like, to me, they've done it the best in terms of just like, taking those oak wooden oak benches that always used to break that we would sit on that people threw up a fit when they got rid of them. You know, they turned them into signs throughout the concourse. And so like, they really did a good job of paying homage to the old traditions that are there, but completely upgrading the customer experience. That's awesome. And I, to me, I kind of compare that to Yankee stadium. I mean, I've been to a bunch of games in old Yankee stadium as rundown as it was like i love the charm of being in the house that ruth builds and and there's some of those things that in the new place you're never going to be able to have you're never going to be able to say i saw babe ruth play right there i never saw you know i saw roger maris play right there some of the older fans that have been lifelong yankee fans and just adding you know the decorative trellis doesn't make it as unique as the old yankee stadium was like there's something to the charm of the old place that you can't just bring in the new sorry i was on mute um yeah i i mean Completely. You, you have to do it in a tasteful manner in a way that really pays homage and not a way that is just like completely upgrading in shiny penny. Like, especially if you've got fans that have been with you for a long time, so like Yankees fans, I mean, people live and live and die Yankees. Right. And I think it's special, too, that there's something that only Notre Dame fans would really know. I've never been to Notre Dame Stadium before. I don't think I would have ever recognized the fact that they took the benches and made them signs having never seen the old stadium. So it's something special sure. that is just for those diehard fans to truly appreciate. Yeah. It, so, I mean, this goes back to like the Disney days too. I mean, there were so many things that we did as a, as a company and in the parks that maybe 1% of customers or guests would recognize. I mean, one of my favorite parts is, so like you walk down Magic Kingdom and tell me if you know what I'm talking about. So you walk down Main Street, USA, Magic Kingdom. Mm -hmm. You take you take a right, uh, so you you're still on Main Street, and you, there's like this little al alcove like to the right, and there's like this little yep. alleyway, and it's like one of the quietest areas in the park, and it is strategically right there where the parade often comes through, and people can get overwhelmed, so it's almost like a little safe haven to get away from that. But as you go into the far end of the street, and it's quiet. You can see you've got all the signs up of the like the fake businesses up top on the windows, and one of the yeah. signs is says like ballet lessons, uh, or ballet lessons or singing lessons. I'm trying to remember what it was, but the window is half open, 
and you can hear like somebody practicing singing and somebody like dancing in the in the studio and i'm like dude the amount of people that would even know that this alleyway is here is right. very little let alone the people that wouldn't actually notice the music coming softly or the same voice singing coming through the window of that but i think there's something to be said to your point around notre dame yankee stadium about doing things so that only one percent of the fans recognize it but that one percent that recognize it are going to say hey, that is pretty cool like they did that. For That's me. a better example than I always love the the trash can example of how far apart trash cans are spaced in the park because of the fact that Walt Disney legend has it Walt Disney himself sat there to calculate how long fan guests would hold on to their trash. And so it was nine and a half feet. So if you go nine and a half feet in either direction, you will find a trash can. So they're 19 feet apart. Yeah. The, the Which number... is such a random number, but like 19 feet because Walt Disney figured that out. And the, the number changes, like, depending on who you talk to. So if you're listening to this and, right. like, you've heard different numbers, like, the number, even even for us as facilitators at Disney Institute, it vacillated between, like, 28, 26, or whatever, you know, 19, whatever it was. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those, that's, and that's, like, a little process detail to help the things be clean. Um, but, yeah, I, I think doing doing the little details really end up, if you can add up little details throughout the experience, it'll give you that big wow once-in-a-lifetime experience for sure. Absolutely. Um, I always think, too, of um, going to a Sporting KC event. And for those who are mm. not familiar with Sporting KC, the park that they play in is Children's Mercy Park, named with the hospital in Kansas City. And so they have something that's called the Victory Suite. And so every single game, they invite someone who is currently receiving treatment at Children's Mercy Hospital to come in and be in the Victory Suite. And they have an entire part of their pregame show where the entire fan supporter group turns and does a choreographed cheer towards the person who is being recognized that game. And that is just one of the coolest moments that I have ever witnessed being at a sporting event. If you want to go see an underrated customer experience, Sporting KC is a great spot to go. I mean, they, it was they incredible. really, they've done a lot of really cool things. Do you remember other cool things from your time there? I mean, obviously like that, that specific fan like engagement type situation is awesome um but like what do you remember other things that they did really well there i i do remember like their whole pregame show i was paying attention to a lot of that i mean this was a random saturday night in may yeah. so not a big game at all but they had a hype man that was introducing the starting lineup and so we were you know field field side watching the starting lineups and the fireworks and everything and this guy is so fired up, he's jumping up and down as he is announcing the starting lineup. Like, I've just never seen anyone that enthused to announce the starting lineup, but it just set the whole atmosphere for the entire game. And well, you could tell how much the supporters were feeding off of that energy. Well, it's just, again, to, this is the point of the episode, right? Of like making, how do you make it feel like it's a once in a lifetime experience? What are the lessons we can glean from a once in a lifetime experience? And for you, that was probably the once in a lifetime that you'll go to a sporting KC game. So you got one right. shot to make an impact and now you're on a podcast talking about it, right? So like that exactly. is the thing is like, how do we create processes? How do we set things up, create these little magical moments that we can make it feel like a once in a lifetime experience? The the Sporting KC guys are great. Um, Cliff, Illig and the whole Illig family are are the owners, the big Disney people. Uh, I worked with them nice. a bunch when they were at, when I was at Disney Institute, taking on some different tours behind the scenes, going different stuff out. And if you go... And do a tour behind the scenes at Sporting KC Stadium. 
they built it like the Utilidor at Magic Kingdom, where they have like all the connecting hallways that people can pop up in different areas. Um, so they're, That's they're, awesome. they're, it's, it's pretty funny. Like you sh- it's, it is cool where you start to see like that Disney influence in a bunch of different places. Um, let's think, um, other things for me, I mean, for me, college football playoff. You've got, you always say like, you've got like the Frankenstein of different pieces that build the ultimate sporting event for you. For me, like premium area, like I mean, we've been talking a lot about things that impact Joe fan for me, premium areas. Mercedes-Benz uh, Stadium down in Atlanta. We went there for college football playoff. I, I was there for Atlanta United game. I've been there a few different times. I was there for like the first time they went digital uh, or, or not digital. Uh, first time they went completely cashless. I think it was the first time a venue had ever gone completely cashless with all the reverse ATMs and whatnot. Um, from a premium perspective, they crush it. Uh, like, you know, you go to the premium section that's sponsored by Mercedes and they've got like the real Mercedes, like the newest Mercedes in there that you can like sit in and do all that stuff. I mean, it is, it is really cool. Unbelievable. They did it. They do it well. Like their premium food is premium food. You're like, wow, I should be paying a lot of money for this food. Um, now if you're in the premium section and you're paying for that ticket and you're not getting it gifted, uh, like it was for me, uh, you, you probably are paying premium prices for that. Uh, but like they, they charge for a premium experience and you walk out and it's like a field suite, a field bunker suite. Right. Um, but they did such a good job of just integrating technology into that experience as well. Not making it feel forced where the, the technology was really used to elevate the experience and not used for technology's sake. Um, and I think that's an important thing. And as we start to get into this world where everybody's making NFTs and we're in web three and all that, it's like, Let's think about what the technology can help us do. Let's not just put in technology for technology's sake. And I think Mercedes-Benz does a really good job of that, where they're they're using it to enhance the experience. They're not just putting cool technology out there just to put cool technology out there. Love that. But I also love the fact that as great as their premium experiences are, they haven't forgotten about the casual fan, the Joe fan, that yeah. you've got the fam- the friendly pricing that they have there. They've got a lot of things that they thought about all the different segments of their audience. Yeah, but that's interesting too. Like, I don't know if you remember this, but everybody, everybody around the country tried to copy them when they did their fan mm-hmm. first pricing. And actually, uh, so the guy, speaking of Disney influence, the guy that designed that all that customer experience from the jump, he's no longer with them. Um, he was a Disney guy. One of, one of, one of our former Disney guys uh, from Parks and Resorts down in Orlando jumped out, helped them design their whole customer experience, design this kind of fans first pricing. Um, and everybody tried to copy them, but like people don't realize that if you're going to go fans first pricing, I think people have started to realize it now, obviously, but if you're going to go fans first pricing, you have to have the amount of point of sales to accommodate the volume increase. Yes. Like you, you just, you, you can't, they make up their money because they're selling more volume. They're selling more quantity. You can't sell more quantity if you don't have more points of sale. And right now, everybody's hurting mm-hmm. from points of sales, not only from old infrastructure, but from not even having staff to be able to st- like put in and solve for the point of sales that they do have. We saw that all this year. So it's like, don't even think about going fans first pricing unless you've got the infrastructure to support it. That's my two cents on right. that. But yeah, super cool that they're able to do that uh, at their venue. Because that's the thing for me as I look at it. If there were, if I was not in this role, there would be a lot of sporting events that I would not get to go to just because of the financial impact and all that kind of thing. 
And so I always look at like, what are you doing for the fan that the, the family of four that wants to come to a Saturday football game? Can you make it so that it doesn't break the bank? And this isn't like a Disney trip that they have to save up for for years to be able to afford this one, this one game to come to. How are you making things easier for that person to be able to come to the game? Yeah. And like, I, I mean, again, going back to that experience for the Joe fan there, I mean, they, like you order food there, even the sandwiches and like, they're so beautifully decorated and they come out and they're big. But again, key thing here at the stadium, being able to do that, they have more than seven events in a year, right? Their MLS team plays out of that venue. They're doing concerts out of that venue nonstop. So like they're able to invest in more infrastructure because they've said, you know what? We don't have the ego where only the Falcons are going to play here, right? We're going to open it up for other things and we're going to allow ourselves to be able to invest in better infrastructure because we're going to have more events. So we'll have more revenue coming in. So we're not just going to bleed and hemorrhage cash and we can afford to, we can afford to do some of these upgrades. And so like, that's the thing too. If like, you're only going to throw seven events a year at your venue, like you're going to lose so much money if you try to compete with these guys. Like, so right. the solution is, the solution to me is like, Start thinking about how can we throw more once in a lifetime experiences, right? Like what are the other yes. ways that we can do that instead of just football games seven days a year? Yeah. Well, I love the ranting. way that it, it goes back to the podcast that we had with Nick Sautner from Eden Park in New Zealand is how do you treat your stadium more like a community center and what other things can you bring into that venue so that you can offset some of these things? And it's not just that you're using your football stadium for seven Saturdays. I mean, he talked about how many times that they use their parking lot for something or they used a portion of the concourse for something. How can you break your stadium up or your property up into spaces that the rest of your community can use to offset some of those costs? That that paradox is interesting because I mean, we're talking about once in a lifetime experiences, but in the same vein, we're also talking about how do you make your venue multi-use and a community center, right? So Right. I, I mean, to me, that's that's where it goes into doing little things like printing the commemorative tickets, right? It goes into the little things like um, the tr the different traditions of, hey, when you're at this type of game, these are the traditions that happen. Like those events, those things don't mm -hmm. happen. Those things don't happen every day at these other events, but they happen, you know, only when you go to this type of event. Um, so there's definitely ways to do it. But again, all this just comes down to like, you just got to be really intentional about planning all the little details and the little details add up to big wow. And that's what kind of makes this once in a lifetime experience. So that's, that's exactly. all I've got on the topic. The devil is in the details. I know. We, I mean, we could go forever, but I know we wanted to make this a, a quick episode. So you got anything else? That covers all my points. Let's wrap it. Let's go get after it. Go Bengals. And uh, to everybody watching, if you're throwing an event this week, try to make it once in a lifetime. It might be for somebody.